Today, we have Azri Zakaria, and I'm so excited. He is probably one of my newest little pals, whether or not he likes it. He's in Manuk, and yeah, we've hit it off, so I really want you to hear his opinion. He's not only an online coach, an excellent one, but he's a doctor. Could you get better? So today, we're going to be talking about his journey into fitness, how he feels about managing the stress levels as a doctor, and also help me debunk to you some of the fitness myths that I have long lo- hated for a long time. So I'm very excited. Azri, welcome. Thank you for having me, little Nanny. Very much appreciate the kind intro as well. Thank you for the kind words about myself. Oh, you're so welcome. Okay, so tell me, how did you, you know, how does one become a doctor and then decide that's it, actually? I'd rather be an online coach. Like, where are you at? Can I just say, guys, Asri is still studying. So he's still in the journey. He's not going to stop. Yeah, so it's an interesting one. I think it's one of those situations where you know you have purpose behind what you want to achieve. And for me, I got into the fitness space quite early as well. So that's where I knew I really liked the fitness space. I really liked training. And then you realize that, you know, medicine ends up being the plaster to the solution. And then you have the real solution on the back end, which is the actual health side of things and how to improve your health for the long run so you can prevent those problems that inevitably come up i love that so much because you know that's what we all well, hope is that you know could could i be doing more what could i do to prevent rather than have to cure issues that come up um i absolutely want to know about your start but briefly please azri can you explain where do you think the prevention would start what are the things on the ground that we could be doing to try and secure that very good question. So prevention does start with your general health and how you look after it on a daily basis. And that's what I really, really want to hit on. It definitely is a matter of making the changes incrementally over a long period of time. So those bad decisions early in life don't stack up and compound into this big problem, which is a sudden thing, which really isn't sudden. We know for a fact that looking after yourself, sleeping well, eating well, exercising properly is going to be the base level of what gives you proper health and proper longevity in the long run. So basically making sure that you're looking after yourself mentally, physically, so you don't have to incur these issues which pull you down and give you these thoughts of, you know, I, could I have prevented this? In, could, in hindsight, could I have done something about this? You don't want to ever sit in that situation where you feel like that's the case. And, you know, if you're in that situation as well, after going through the medical route, if you have needed to go down that route, you will still be prescribed a solution around looking after yourself with exercise, sleep, eating properly. And that's always the core of actually what gives you long-lasting change. I love that also makes me feel like hopefully we're all gonna feel a bit better just by going for a walk you know it's in our hands it's not something outside of ourselves that we have to hope and pray for um right Azri, tell me how how where how are you you're so young you're so ambitious to me um like hard working clear thinker like i would 
I could never have, I don't believe I had, I would have had it in me to have your, you know, directness and your um, steady thought patterns to do the things that you're doing. How did you become a doctor? What made you want to first become a doctor? So with medicine, my dad was a doctor. So I think that was one of those things where you kind of go into a straight path because that was kind of the only thing that you knew. But at the same time, I always knew that there's only a certain number of people you can help by yourself and being a doctor on its own is brilliant and it's a very very fulfilling role but it's basically limited to just yourself so I knew I could with the time I knew I had available and with the energy I knew I could expend on doing other things and with stacking up the knowledge and information I had around fitness around health I knew I could help a lot more people so Getting into medicine itself was more about, you know, this is the only path I really knew and probably more out of fear getting into it, to be honest. I think fear is a big, big thing that plays into a lot of people's decision-making processes early on because you know that there was this one route that you have to go down with university and that's the main thing that, you know, everyone in the education system gets put into. But then you very soon realize that, you know, there is so much outside of just education in the mainstream system, even with, you know, a role like medicine. I really do think that everyone does have the time to put outside of this. And I'm not taken away from the fact that, you know, I was in a good situation. Like, you know, as we talked about earlier as well, you know, I was born in England. I was born into a good family and my parents really liked me as well and loved me and they looked after me as well. So I'm so, so grateful for that. And that's probably the biggest reasons and biggest reason I actually got into medicine because, you know, they wanted me to be the best version of myself. And for them, you know, that was through education. So, because traditionally that is what got people uh, into a successful life, right? Which is a very big term because I truly don't believe that I was chasing success. It was more competitive greatness i would say and that's where you really try and figure out like what more should i can i be doing to serve as many people as possible because i have this from those house actually so success is very much limited to yourself and your own beliefs as to what you want to achieve to better yourself greatness is improving yourself to a point where you can serve as many people as possible and that's where I truly wanted to be the actual best at what I wanted to be. So being the best in terms of fitness brought me to a certain point. That was where I was like, okay, this is, I've transformed my body. I was in a position where I was 97 kilos, heavily overweight, and I was out of breath all the time, had my wheels hanging out, which is basically where I was struggling with for a long, long time, you know, couldn't fit in shirts and hated how I looked in photos. And that was the majority of my life as well. And that's when, you know, you really do need to look at yourself in the mirror, ask yourself the right questions. Is this where I want to be? Why do I feel bad? And is this how my life actually looks like? Do I need to live in this state where I'm just constantly guessing whether I'm good enough? And then you go down the process of what you always knew, learning. So when you start learning, you realize that there's so much more that you do need to know to get your goal and then it's a matter of implementing and taking action on those goals so 
the only thing that got me to where I was at was the big steps, which aren't that big in the, aren't that big in plain say actually it was more incremental steps, but what actually compounded into being a big transformation or a big step that changed the trajectory of my life. So having more energy, feeling better about myself, having more confidence to actually put myself out there. That was the end result of the 1% better every day that I was really aiming for, which I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that I was trying to get better to get out of this position of feeling horrible. But when you realize that you know, the main thing that you're really searching for is to reach your full potential and you're holding yourself back by your own self limiting beliefs and fear as to what could be done. You know, there's three types of fear of judgment, fear of success, fear of failure. So I was heavily in this period of what do other people think about me? What, do, why am I going to Shinshara every day? What do other people think about this? What is the other, other people's thoughts? And when you realize you really can't control that, you have so much more freedom around what you can actually do. Because when you stop caring about what other people think, you get past that fast level of fear, which is the fear of judgment. And then, you know, the fear of failure is where, like, will this actually work for me? Am I actually going to make it? Can I actually do all this at the same time? And can you actually, I would say, because not many other people have done. So I always, always try to look for one person who's been there and done it. And that's the person which rebuilt that day first to wherever it was possible. There's very specific people I know, and I have at the top of my head, and I truly do remember. I'm very grateful for having met them, being in my life as well, who showed me it was possible very early on. So then I just had that role model, that figure, which I could look up to. That's when I was like, okay, I know it's possible. I can, like, it can be done. Why aren't I there? And then that's the whole process of you know figuring out what else can you do, how much time do you actually have, how can you manage your energy properly, and just doing the thing really. And relentless expression behind it. So that's where it really came came about the whole start. I love that so much on so many different levels. Um, can you tell me how you got through? Because you said that you did. <clears throat> you got through caring what other people think but how did that look in real time tangibly yeah so fair enough i knew that you know there were maybe things being said about me there are most likely things being said which aren't all positive because it's inevitable like you're always going to have people who like you don't like you which is fine because i still put myself out there to an extent so i was quite outgoing i would say to an extent and then it was the opposite and then it was the opposite. it was very up and down so i always knew there were opinions about me which did bother me but at some point yeah really? like more based on you know how i looked maybe how i acted how i put myself out there with social media it's not technically normal like it for most people 99 percent of people and pictures out there of there where your photos are like sharing the progress wasn't that normal. Like I feel it's only the past five years or three to five years where fitness and social media has become a lot more popularized and sharing progress has been popularized, right? I was there a bit earlier, so it wasn't really the norm. And you know, I always had thoughts about what other people might think about that, which really stopped me. And then you know, it was just in general, like day-to-day -day life as well. So what was more important was the actual step into realizing that 
you know, I have a specific goal that I'm actually going towards. Everyone else's thoughts or my thoughts of their thoughts was what was there for me. There may be absolutely nothing said. Like I have, yeah, there's always a plan where other than the stuff that people say to your face, maybe there was absolutely nothing said. So it was really figuring out, like, if I can't change it, why am I thinking about it? So that's where I tried to handle every problem or thought mentally in my head as well. It's like, why do I think this? Is the reason why I'm thinking this because I'm scared of what other people think as well? So that's how I really handled everything in life with the business side of things as well. It's like, I'm not taking action right now with, you know, investing into new stuff, investing into other avenues of the business because I have the fear of this not working out and, you know, everything's going to crash and I have this identity linked to wherever I'm at. So it's always a matter of, you know, do I actually care about what other people think? Is that what's actually stopping me? so good um and how do you find that now obviously it would have been probably a bigger deal before but obviously it comes up it's like waves doesn't it it's not as if that you can intellectualize it and it never pops up how do you deal with it now is it a bit more fleeting and so you can kind of, kind of run yourself through that script quicker would you say or would you say that it just doesn't it just doesn't affect you in the same way at all it of course affects me to an extent at all times. It's now just how I handle that, the thought process behind handling that and how I do go about that is with very delayed responses emotionally to everything. So I'm not as reactive emotionally as we talked about as well to anything really. I'm very neutral around more, most situations. I don't really get angry. I don't get too happy about stuff, which I also think is important. I don't get upset about stuff. I'm not saying I don't have emotions. I just don't act on them fast. As in, this is what's helped me actually prevent me getting stressed, anxious about things. It's like, what does this, will this matter tomorrow, first of all? Will I still be angry about this tomorrow? If it is, then will I still be angry about this two, three years down the line? Or will I still be stressed about this problem two, three years down the line? And if it is really that bad, then what can I learn about what's just happened, the situation, and what can I do to be better next time to change it? And how can I handle it better next time? If I did snap, if I did make an emotional decision around something instead of a logical decision, then it's always a learning process. I read about why did that happen? What can I do to fix whoever this may have affected? How can I actually go about, you know, with people and me, with relationships, making sure that Am I actually been the best person I could have been to this person? If this person was meeting me for the first time, they know nothing about me, would I have acted this way or should I have acted this way? Because I viewed, a little, as cringy as it sounds, I viewed a lot of my life from very early on as if I were in a documentary. If there was a camera set out enemy around every single, every single second of my life in my home, in wherever I go, if there was a camera set up in every single uh, track of every single second of my life, how would I act and how would I actually behave day to day? So the actions I take, would that be in alignment to where I want to go? What I view as my own character? And is it something that, you know, would actually inspire people? Or would it be something that I'd be like, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Like, I probably should be doing work right now or actually doing something that's productive 
and I probably shouldn't be acting like this. So I always, always think about it that way. So I'm very aware of how I'm acting. Do you feel that that has a double-edged sword because it could be quite stressful feeling like you're constantly on and you have to act in a certain way? Because as much as we want to manoeuvre life and control the aspects that we can control, which I absolutely agree with, like I think that's super important, we do, I think, probably need to allow for the fun, you know, the creativity, the ad hoc. How, how does that matter? How do you marry that bit? Yeah, it was honestly a process I'm trying to slowly unlearn. It's one of those things that you do for so long that you feel that that's what you should do. And yes, it does definitely weigh down on you to a certain extent. But at the same time, I do think that life goes in seasons. And for me, I've seen seasons in my life in a long time horizon. So it's always like, you know, where do I want to be five years from now instead of tomorrow next week kind of thing. So I'm technically, I'm 23. So I've seen this season in my life as real growth progress, as in I've always seen this season as like a closing window. So in terms of just Parkinson's law, you know, when you have a closing window of tenure, most likely going to get more done in that period of time. So that's how I'm currently viewing this season of my life right now. And you're a hundred percent right. It's not served me well in so many aspects of my life. And you know, there are situations where I look back and it's definitely, definitely played a, a big part in me not being the best version of myself in terms of you know, time spent with family, relationship, basically being the person that I should be and I know I would be if I was 60 years old and you really, the, I, I look up to people older than me a lot and you know, I've surrounded myself, I, I have so much respect for people that are older than me, especially with people who are in the situation that I want to be in. And, you know, I did that very early on by, because I, I truly believe, you know, the people that you're surrounded by who are, the people are going to mold your future as well. So because that was very difficult early on, I listened to a lot of podcasts, read books. That was most of my day. Like any free time I was eating, sleeping, it was just around these people. And, you know, when you really figure out what actually matters in life with these people who are super successful, super accomplished you know millionaires billionaires and you realize like what's actually important in their life when they're CC and you realize that you know the time actually spent with their family that being 20 in their 20s is what they would trade everything that they've accomplished for to get back then you kind of have to you know reassess your thought process around this which is why I'm saying you know I'm really trying to unlearn a lot of I would consider bad habits which got me to where I am but that is a slow process I understand that I'm basically giving you an idea of what works for me but also what it costed at the same time and you know that's now I'm really trying to you know speak to my parents more and like go on holidays and you know do things that I would uh, want to look back at and be like okay these are memories which are created and will last so I do luckily have the freedom to actually do that as well i have a really good team around me it's the business side of things as well and the medicine side of things you know i can i know i can allocate a certain amount of hours and in cellular revision getting more getting through it basically and that will be absolutely fine and now i am still in that progress process of growth but a very self-aware process so 
I don't know if that makes sense. But... That makes perfect sense. And beyond that, it's, I think, really helpful. I'm pretty sure I'll speak to a lot of people because that's the thing. We all want to um, think that what we're doing is either right or wrong, but that's absolutely not the case. Like, what you did is how you got to where you are, but it's also good to reevaluate it. You know, I say I liken it with self-care, for instance. What we use to relax and look after ourselves in our teens, in our 20s, is going to be different from what we need in our 30s and our 40s. And it's the same with a work um, ethos and focus. Um, because I was just about to say, like, how, you know, how, where did this come from at such a young age to want to sort of be focused and not run off with your pals and drink and run around and be silly, but to be so invested in helping other people, you know, and be a doctor or you want to do the next stage. Um, but at the same time, I just think it's so, I think it's great. I think it's great. And also you're paying, you know, yeah, you're paying the price, but you're paying a good price because people don't tend to be that self-aware that young, you know, it's more act now, think later. So I don't know. I think it's a worthy cost. Like, yes, it's difficult to unpick, but it's that or the other way, you know? Yeah. I always say as, you know, I want to get to the end of my life and being able to be in a position where I could say, you know, I gave away everything and for me to give away everything in my life as in what I've built up, that needs to be for me in my head at a certain point. And I know that can be done incrementally over a long period of time, which is something I do, but, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, my parents have everything that they deserve because of how they brought me up as well. So they will be very, very well looked after and they are there. So basically... On top of that, making sure I can serve as many people as I possibly can and give away as much as I possibly can. You know, I have big levels. I want to open up my own hospital. I want to uh, give ways to uh, as much to charity as I possibly can because I know at you know, getting to the end of your life, there's nothing that you can really leave behind except what compounds for how many people you can help after you die as well. And if you remember that, that is probably rare. I grow up quickest as well just that thought of knowing that could all be over soon so what am I uh, actually doing so yeah no that is a, a big big thing so as dark as it might sound at another age yeah, uh, yeah no it was like just knowing that you know uh, I have a greater purpose which I personally want to work towards and for me luckily that is very very fulfilling and my actual path to getting there is very very fulfilling for me Love it so much. I, I have to ask this question because it's just something that I think people would want to know about. I really want to come back to the hospital, but let's just quickly ask. So a lot of 23-year-olds are not mentally in the same space to you. Is there any time that you just want to go, oh, no, that's it. I want to go and sit and Xbox or, you know, you ever think, oh, I want to unhook? Or where do you think, what separates you? How do you think you got this perspective? That's a really good question. So... I'm sure there was a time, no, there was a time where, you know, I was definitely at a point where I was like, okay, I kind of want to tell if I kind of want to just relax and that is it. And I, you know, I just want to get through, get by, get through medicine, that's it. But then at some point, you know, it does click that you want to be more. And I think most people, most people do have this loose inside of them that says that they could be better for me it was just very very loud so it was like 
I just knew that, you know, it's the actions that I'm taking today that are going to produce the results. I think everything that you see as a result of this is just a lagging measure of um, what's actually been done in terms of work. So it definitely was a thing of, you know, I have people I look up to and I really want to be there, like really, really want to be there. And the pain of not fulfilling my absolute potential would be so, so great that it wouldn't make sense for me to do much else. Like it just really wouldn't, I, I really didn't want to do anything that didn't work me towards my goals. Cause the work, the work, I say work, I don't really view it as work, but the stuff I was doing is exactly what I want to do. It's like, I really wouldn't do anything else with my time if I had the option, except, you know, maybe spend some more time with friends and family, which I'm really trying to do now, but you know, I've, I, I, I do say, you know, I've taken kind of a selfish route around this as well, because this is exactly what I want to do. So it's like, uh, for me, it's great. And I'm just glad that, you know, it can help other people as well. Amazing. Tell me, um, let's say that you may have friends that aren't as motivated as you and they want to be successful. Um, I'm asking because I think there's probably, let's say, parents out there with their kids, maybe they're trying to get them to be more resilient they're trying to get them to be more focused on to work harder do you think that this is more of a natural thing for you were your parents directed you in certain ways or they tough in certain areas or or do you think that this is more of a this is how you've always been so it's not no it was actually quite the opposite so my parents weren't like on my back about me doing anything they were actually really right they just wanted me to be do well right they really just wanted me to do well and they were never in a position where they were like pushy about anything and I think that was probably one of the biggest reasons why I did push myself as well because I was like okay you've given me so so much it's just like idea of reciprocity right you've given me so so much and you've asked for nothing except for me to do well right and then you're like okay what's the most I can possibly do to make my parents proud at that point and then you do absolutely everything that you can, really. And uh, for me, that was just a matter of asking yourself direct questions again, as, we, uh, as we've talked about, because you ask yourself enough questions about what you could do, what you possibly could be, and you eventually find the truth. So the truth is what I was really looking for at these stages in my life, and I still am. The truth as to what is it that I am not doing today that I should be doing? And then what is it that I really want to get out of this? And then a lot of people will lie to themselves about it, which is, you know, can get you to a certain extent, won't get you to the end goal. So if you do really ask yourself, like, why is it that you're actually pushing yourself towards this? If your intentions are true and you do, you can look at yourself in the mirror and be like, this is why I really, really want to do this you will inevitably have the drive to do it. It's whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's at the same point when you when all the pieces of the puzzle line up, you will push yourself on a consistent basis to build the habits to be able to repeatedly execute on the actions. It's more about just asking yourself those questions to begin with and then actually looking for the truth instead of telling yourself that you want to get to somewhere without knowing why and then uh without really looking deep into why as well. Thank you so much.
I know I sound like an absolute grandpa as well. <laughs> well I love it. I love it. I honestly I'm about ready to get pen and paper and, and lean in. Um, okay, so with this wonderful uh perspective that you have, which again I love. I've always loved it. So I've always been very attracted to in other people. I think it's really wonderful. Um I also know the other side to that is stress, anxiety, you know, overwhelm. And managing those emotions can be quite difficult. I think, yes, we're super lucky right now in that we're at, we're at the age of self-care, wellness, well-being. You know, we're all going to put our hand up. We can speak. You know, so it is definitely better, but... I still think on on the ground tangibly, how does that look? How can people help ourselves? Um, like how do you how do you move through that? You know, it's got to be stressful trying to be a doctor. You know, thinking I better learn this because I don't. This one could go horribly wrong for somebody. That's a lot of pressure. It's a very very good question. And yeah, so at the beginning, I didn't handle stress too well because I just didn't know how, and. You know, figuring out how for yourself is your own journey. But the main, main thing that helped me to begin with was going to the gym. So just working on my fitness. And, you know, when you go to the gym, you release the energy that you have still left inside you or all the thoughts that you have running inside your head. And it's just quiet in your head for like an hour or so when you're in the gym. And it's just that piece that you're looking for. And then you have this automatic kind of reset into a new perspective as to what to do next. And then you realize that, you know, there's maybe stuff that I've been overthinking and there's maybe stuff that just needs to be done. I truly believe stress and anxiety comes about, especially in our space from just not doing the thing that you know you should be doing. Agree. And that is the main, main thing. So then I was like, okay, to-do list quick. Like, what is it that's in my head that I know I should be doing? And I literally just pull up my notes in my phone and write down everything that's bothering me that I know has to be done, which I feel is piling up. Let's put it up into, you know, urgent to do this radar task, which is like background tasks, which long-term projects kind of thing. And then it's rep for it step by step. How I actually learned how to handle that initially, initial first mentors, you know, really learning how to manage time properly was a big, big thing. Manage your time and energy properly. But... One thing that I don't talk about too much at all is I was heavy, heavy into the trading space um, early on. So I was got I was quite successful in the trades that I was there. And that's where, you know, the same concepts apply. Like learn as much as you possibly could or can. Do as much research as you possibly can. Because I think in the trading space, you know, anything outside of extreme research and learning is just gambling at that point. So uh, that's where I'll, I you really, really learn, you know, the highs come with the lows, the lows come with the highs, and you have to expect it. And then when it's as significant with collateral that you have on the line as well, when you're training as well, you really learn very quickly what it takes to handle emotions. Because if you're emotional that, you have the direct tangible responses to what you've done from it. And it can be heavy, heavily, heavy hits. So it's like, yeah, you learn very, very quickly. And then, um, and then it's it's the sun stuff. Are you looking after yourself properly, proper health, like proper energy? And you'll be surprised, like with stress, like nutrition plays a big, big role. Like I remember when I was eating, like you know, too much. My 
not help my digestion wasn't good i was just like feeling bad brain fog everything was horrible and the well, i cleared that up it was like just a constant feeling of just getting through life and feeling like there's a fuzz i don't know i don't know if that makes sense and then you do ever the stress just piles on top a lot quicker with that and you feel bad it's it was one of those things it's true that's so true um <clears throat> I've got 100 questions, so I want to talk about you and your parents. I think what you're going to have to do, so everyone, Azri has uh, a podcast himself, and I think that you should get your parents on your podcast and ask some questions because I would love to hear from them as well and find that really interesting. Um, can you tell me, I think that now it's, uh, like it's popular to go to the gym and it's definitely got more now to, you know, be a gym goer which is excellent in my book. However, you know, the little known benefits of the mental health aspects, they're not, they're not, yeah, people know, logically they know, but emotionally I don't think the connect is really there yet. And um, where do you think that that's going to go for people of your age? Do you think that, that they will want to pick up exercise just for the look? Uh, do you encourage people to do it for the mental health aspects? Like where, where, how would you motivate someone else to do it? So with exercise, with actual fitness itself, I think the actual aesthetic, the look, the actual goal that most people are thinking that they're going for is what pulls them into the door and gets that foot in the door in the first place. And then it's the feeling that you get from accomplishing and working towards goals and having the endorphins are on from actually executing on exercise consistently and having stretch and knowing what you're doing having clarity i think the biggest thing that stops people at the start is the fear of the unknown like not knowing what to do not knowing what to do is the biggest thing that stops people at the beginning because the more uncertainty there is the more doubt that you have around what you can achieve and what to what you should do to basically get to that goal and then of course, the mental health, the benefits of exercise is just immeasurable. Of course, we both know this because we've been through the whole space. But, you know, when you get in, like, you will want to go again and again. It will, it will stop feeling like a chore. I remember you mentioned there, it becomes like brushing your teeth. And, you know, at the beginning, you know, when you were young, for example, your parents have to, like, force you to brush your teeth every day, right? It's not something that you enjoy doing when you're a baby, but it's now something that you don't even think about it's one of those things it just becomes a matter of building the habits and you won't even think that you because you go on autopilot to at a certain point and it's something that you feel like you have to do more than anything absolutely I think yeah. that it's more that you notice if you haven't been able to train or haven't had to do anything that's when you really notice oh my mood you know you can feel it how it's coming across so that being said where you've you know, seeing the benefits of fitness and yes, obviously it's so great to have the outside changes. I, I love it. I always think of it like building a house and um, I've always been very practical. So I love changing people's bodies, whether it's to build, to lose, to change shape. It, I think it's underestimated because people paint it in such a, you know, lose weight, skinny, you know, like in such a direct way, but it's like, you know, it can be fun. It's like when you do your hair, it's like when you pick a new outfit, like you can change how you perceive yourself. It can be an enjoyable thing. Obviously, this is different. People have disordered eating, all these kinds of things, but on the whole, it can be a fun aspect. But what also is a fun aspect is, as you say, creating the habits, creating the routines to actually make life changes. Um, now, 
we're probably coming from it of understanding because we've been through it how great it can be however as we all know the fitness space is full of this horrifying diet crazy lines that you know must have started i'd probably say way before you were born certainly and maybe a stretch but definitely before i was born as well like drink these things you can't eat carbs after six o'clock you know certain food groups are bad this is terrible you know you will be able to burn 20 pounds of body fat in 10 days if you eat this one thing or you do this one thing as someone that's a doctor and someone that trains and coaches thousands of people what are the myths that you can't wait to see the back of or that you find infuriate you that's a very good question there's a lot of myths flying around and that's mainly because of how many people have a very loud voice on social media regardless of how <laughs> short in this space so anyone can say anything confidently enough and it becomes truth for some we see do you know what that is one of my biggest pet peeves and it's not even me pointing finger at them it's me pointing finger at me yeah. i'm like I, you know, I, I, look, I wish I had that question. It's not even playing at all. It's just words. I wish I had that. Uh, but yeah, sorry, of course. No, it's wish the confidence to say something that you don't actually know is uh, funny. But um, yeah, no, I, I, at that point, you know, it was something that I fell into a slippery slope with earlier as well. Like when I didn't really know what to do at the start. And then it was like taking absolute, with everything, right? Taking absolute responsibility around that and absolute ownership of your own life. So it was like, you know, if I'm still at the same weight or gaining weight while I'm eating healthy, quote unquote healthy, then what am I doing wrong here? And what this is, it's technically my fault that I've uh, just listened to someone shouting on social media telling me to cut out this food and I can eat as much of this food as possible. And then um, that's. That's all I'm fat. <laughs> That's what I turn myself. And then, you know, that applies to every bit of my life. So it's like, so the biggest myths that you asked. So one big, big thing that I still hear is, you know, you store more fat later in the, when you eat later in the night or when you eat carbs or sugar later in the night. And it's the insulin spikes that are making you fat. And I've heard this endless amount of times as well. And that needs to die because I would I would love for people to not believe that it's just the meal timings that are making you gain weight or it's just the carbs or the bread or the sugar or the pizza or the alcohol that's making you lose weight and they're quote-unquote unhealthy. There is no specific definition for healthy or unhealthy foods. Even health professionals, nutritionists, medical professionals who push this idea of, you know, there's wide lines around, you know, what foods you can eat and you can't eat. It's, it has to be really, really made well aware that nutrition and diet is contextual. Everything that becomes healthy and unhealthy is contextual. So if you eat 10 pizzas a day for eight weeks straight, yes, that's unhealthy because you will be gaining fat. Uh, you will be gaining weight for most people, right? Unless you're 500 kilos, right? You, for most people, you will be gaining weight. So yes, at that point, you can say, you know, that in, con only in context to your entire diet is unhealthy. 
But when it comes down to, okay, can are, are these chocolate bars unhealthy? Well, if you've just eaten a chocolate bar and you know the rest of and you've eaten nothing for the rest of the day, you're probably going to be burning fat, right? So it's at that point, does do chocolate bars become healthy, or is it because it's helping you lose fat? It's the same with let's say keto, for example, right? You've gone into keto. You've most likely cut out most of the junk that you're eating. So you've lost a bit of water weight to begin with. So you've rapidly lost, magically lost a bunch of weight because of keto. And you kept losing weight and you dropped 30 pounds because of keto. When it was more in context with what was your calorie averages looking like across the week. And then were you losing weight also because you've cut out most of the junk that when I, when I say junk, most of the stuff that you overconsumed, which were calorically dense foods consistently over a long period of time, was that the actual actions? And then it comes down to, wait, hold on. Did, did you gain that weight back just, and did, did you put back on more weight straight after you decided that, you know, this is actually unsustainable? And was it a measure of you feeling absolutely miserable and building up cravings to a point where you had to binge? every night because you were well, at a certain point because it was so difficult to stick to. I always say if you're starting a diet, like don't, unless you're, you know, competitive bodybuilder, like don't start something that you can't stick to for more than three weeks. Like if it's something that you know, you're going to be bored of or miserable eating and you've just cut out all the foods that you like, you probably shouldn't be eating those foods in context because realistically if you want to lose weight and keep it off you have to be able to eat the foods you like forever right you have to be able to consistently say that you know i can make some compromises here and there and that's what's actually going to get me to my goal across the limit and then i can understand exactly what's in different foods instead of labeling it as healthy and unhealthy a hundred percent a hundred percent I had a long-winded answer to your question. Hello, Gareth. I know I'm, I'm I'm here because I'm like, yeah, that's you know, we we're both coaches. We both circle around the same conversations with our clients and people that we speak to on social media, and that's what it does come down to. And it's hard for people to believe um, that, but that's where the yo-yo comes from because obviously if you're restricting and you're not having the things that you want. Where's that going? You know, where are you going to go from that? You're going to inhale it. Well, we all do, which is also fine. I say to people all the time, like, you're not. You know, you're not an inhuman, you're not an animal for wanting to overeat some of your favorite foods. Like, it's a, our human natural drive to want to eat. We're more likely to die of starvation than overeating. So we, our drive to eat is real. We're going to do it. Certainly if we've not been eating through the day. So, yeah, like you're setting yourself up to fail. So absolutely, you know, need to separate out. And if people didn't say, don't eat this, do eat that, they'd have more. They'd be able to do that. So I absolutely agree. Now, so tell me... <laughs> Some of the funny things that I see that I I like, I mean, I, I shouldn't even ask this, it's purely being me, me, tea but it's just like little things like the celery cleanse. Wake up in the morning and have a celery juice every morning to, this is one of my favourite words that I wish, I actually wish I could never hear, detoxify your body. So you tell me, can I, because I'd love it if I could, can I get rid of the devil inside me, detoxify myself, if I drink some celery juice, you actually can. So, like, you know, combining Tired. combining celery juice, lemon juice, cinnamon powder, ginger, green tea, and black tea will make you burn fat ten times faster and increase your metabolism by about eighty percent. I think. 
and that's that's a that's a very short answer to your question. But that that is completely false. So their network is specifically foods that are going to completely detox your body and start build up your metabolism and this and this, right? They're generally just trends which consistently fly around, and they're you know people love being told what exactly what to do and exactly what not to do, and they're. It really doesn't work like that. When it comes down to it, you probably feel like you need a detox because everything else you eat across the days or the, the the huge meals that you had filled with um, filled with foods that you're wanting to binge on because you've sorted yourself or said they've cut everything out. It's that building up the night before that's making you feel like you need a detox and feel like your digestion's off track. But when you look into what you're actually eating and re-identify the food that may be not settling well in your body, that's when you, you should probably reassess, you know, what what's actually working, what's <laughs> what is actually needed for you to feel better. Yeah, I love this. Um, okay, so you care very, very, very much about your parents. And they sound like amazing people. <laughs> now, obviously you want to look after them, you know, Financially, I think, is wonderful. I hope my kids listen to this, yeah? Follow our three? Um, no, but so tell me, how would you encourage them? What are the top things you would want them to to keep them alive and kicking for as long as possible? What aspects of life would you want to... That's a really good question. So, like, they're both wanting to work on their fitness to an extent. I think, you know, they, I was in the class and I was telling them, like, you know, this is exactly uh, what maybe you should be changing this and this and this, right? So they're wanting to work on it now. So the best things I am currently telling them now is, first of all, which the my mom's actually doing very consistently, is going on walks. It's con- getting sunlight in earlier in the day and going on walks as consistently as possible. So she goes on, you know, like a 30, 40 minute walk three, four times a week. And what she's also found worked really works really well for her is getting into some light sport or activity in social groups. So for how she plays badminton, so something like that where there's some level of accountability as well. So that's also helped. Then the main thing is like actually maybe picking up some weights, weight training, not having some structure around some weight training is always, always going to be beneficial because you want to feel strong, you want to feel healthy, and you want to feel like the best version of yourself. And the best way to do that is actually working your strength, logically, like working on building some lean tissue. And no women are knocking to turn into bodybuilders by picking up, uh, pushing up a five, ten pound dumbbell. They're not going to suddenly turn into Mr. Olympia, Miss Olympia, basically, from going to the gym. Please do. Go to the gym, work on yourself. It doesn't happen by accident. You will not turn into uh, a bikini competitor like Ali overnight. She's put on a lot of work, a lot of uh, sacrifice into getting those right. But you will feel better and get to that healthy, confident version of yourself that you want to actually become. So going on walks, weight training, and around nutrition, really making sure you're aware of calorie numbers in foods that's one big big thing that's going to serve you for the long run so maybe even you know if you're not already start checking labels like you know just to get 
an idea of what's in certain foods. If you can track and that's something that you can make uh, at work into habit, then that's great as well. Like I know Annie goes quite deep into that into her, how she helps women as well. So making sure that you're able to know what you're actually putting inside your body instead of guessing. So it's very easy to guess or forget about the little snacks that you've had here and there it's, or the oils, the sources which you may let go, but like may not even think adds up, but it's the small things that you might not think adds up, even how to healthier foods, right? It's... Sure. That's a difficult one, um, I think, because there's definitely, as you said earlier, there's healthy foods, people believe, and there's not healthy foods. And so then if we eat the healthy foods, then we're going to see a change in our shape and most people are wanting to lose weight or burn body fat to eat. That's why they eat healthy foods. Actually, as we know, you know, some of these, wonder whilst they're wonderful and look globular on plate and do include lots of wonderful ingredients, you know, having a breakfast of salmon, avocados, eggs, toast, you know, that's that's a that's a big old breakfast. You know, you're not you're looking at almost half a day's a calorie there in one meal. Um, but you know, I think the perception is still a little bit skewed. So I think, yeah, as Ashley said, it's always worth you know, I encourage people to do it. Like dating, do it when you don't need it. You know, you don't want to be looking for love when you're suddenly feeling like oh, I want a relationship. Do it when you don't need to. Go on there, keep your eyes open, keep it fun. Even even if you're not interested in weight loss, even if you're not interested in body fat. But just for your own health, you can say, you know what? I should, I know I should be having more veggies. I know I should be having a bit more fiber. I know I should be having a bit more protein. How can I do that? You can do that by, as Ashley said, look, look at what you're having. I encourage people to track. Give it a go. You know, it doesn't have to be for any end result other than knowledge. And I think that, yeah, 100% that's such the one of the best things that someone could do for themselves. And okay, so last, um, let's wrap this up because I know that you're very, very busy and important, man. Can you? Um, we're going to have to do a part two because I want to chat to you, but it's going to open up a up a black hole. And I know you want to get on. So uh, a couple of little questions for you. Um, I have to say this, even though I'm lying, this was not my question for you, but I just want people to understand how young you are. I was going to say, if you could take yourself back to 10 years ago, what advice would you give yourself? But how old were you 10 years ago, Azri? I was 13. Thank you very much. Would have bumped right there. So, okay. Um, if I could ask you, what is one attribute that you would like to have for yourself? In ten years' time, is in you have to wait. We came it now, but forward thinking. What's something you would like? Bearing in mind the things that you've said about being able to be a bit more relaxed, not worrying about how it's perceived, um, and having more fun. How, how do you think you could do that? A person like you, you're very structured, you're forward thinking, and self-aware. How could you incorporate that? How could you bring that joy in, that freedom in? How how do you think you could do that? I think what I really want in 10 years time is just to be more present. I do still feel I'm very much wrapped in this, you know, tunnel vision kind of mindset, but that does take away from a lot of, you know, what is actually going on in real life. And, you know, you get to a point where it's, you, you, you always look outside and look around you and you're like, why don't other people think like this or why is 
no one else doing this and then you realize that you know it's you're not you're not necessarily meant to like uh and not everyone is meant to think a certain way like not everyone is should or has to think a certain way around everything and i think being more present i already understand this but it's one of those things that i understand and don't really implement with trying to be more present and trying to actually let go of this idea of working hard like i think that was one of the biggest things that helped me like scale up as well like you know this need to prove myself or working harder is someone said this to me a while ago it was like uh and I was like, oh, I know I'm, it was a mentor. I was like, you know, I'm doing this, this, this. And I was like, uh, I, I was so proud of myself as well. I was like, you know, I got this done, got this done, this done, this done. And I was like, oh, and then uh, just looked me directly straight dead in the eyes and just said like, why do you feel like you need to prove yourself? And what do you feel is making you want to tell me that you're working hard? And what is the actual outcome of this? But, 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 and then you're like, okay, so what is the actual outcome of the work that you're putting in? And how can you actually be doing more high average tasks and buy back as much time as possible and get the actual outcome that you're working towards when you're working? And then outside of that, like, how can you actually have the freedom to be more present? And I hope to get to a point where, you know, I have freedom in what I want to do day to day without the feeling like I'm without the guilt around around that so I don't know if that makes sense at all yeah that's right I absolutely love how you speak and how you see the world I think it's amazing and I say this and I'm gonna say it even with fear that I'll be condescending or whatever that word is I don't know um number one I think that your brain even if it's full of pressure is special because it's really exciting and where it's taken you and the things that you've done. You've had lots of big adventures in a short period of time and they're adventures that are meaningful to you. You know, what else is there? So don't always, you know, yes, you're at the right crossroads and going, oh, I need to incorporate some new virtues, but like, it's amazing. I think it's absolutely incredible. It's wonderful. Um, and also though, try not to get into the trap of thinking, I need to, like presence, becoming more presence is something that you do when you age. Um, that's what it is. You know, I'm sure you've been out with your mom and she's, you know, you've gone to lunch with her and she stops in the restaurant. She goes, Can I out the window? Look at that ring by. Wow, look at that meal. Doesn't that look so nice? You think you're bloody hell, mom. Get a grip. Just some eggs and place on a bit of plate. It's age that does that. And I do that with my kids, you know. Like, wow, look at the sky. It's so big. If I just said that to myself 10 years ago, I'd be like, I need to pack it in, get on with the day. You know what I mean? It just comes with, because you realise that you're not going to see it again. Whereas when you're younger, that's part of it. What I'm trying to say in a long-winded way is it's like, I'd say it's normal and better that you're on that side of the fence. Um, but no, I think it's amazing. Um, and then lastly, just a very silly question, because it's fun. We all like to uh, do fun things. If you weren't a doctor, if everything got taken away from you, the business, online, sorry about that, see you later business, no more doctoring, um, what would you be doing? It's a very, very good question, actually. I always I thought about this a lot as well. It's like, uh, you know, uh, I've always thought about it. Like, 
I kind of have to be ready to lose it all at any point, which is why I don't, I hate linking my identity to exactly uh, a certain point in my life as to where I'm at or anything. So, mm. um, what would I be doing if all of that thing, but if you like lurking towards new avenues as to scaling my learning, like my skill sets, like I would. I would do anything to train my time to basically get, acquire more skills. <laughs> that's that's uh, honestly like uh, I don't see this whole, you know, let's lay back. There's what I don't see there being a day in the future where I want to like be in a place where you know laying back at the beach, right? And I don't see that being the end goal if that if it gets that point then great but that's not what i'm feeling like i would be doing if i lost everything that's what i was working towards again it would be more i'm grateful now to be able to play the game basically it's like as soon as i lose momentum or anything like that that's when i feel my absolute worst if we're talking mental health it's when i slow down like if everything is going fast it makes it easier for me to not sit with my own thoughts. And I know that's where it can get dark. Like I know that's where it can be like a very difficult road. And, you know, if I really did lose everything, I had to start over kind of thing. It would just be my own thoughts. I'd be, I feel like I would be sitting with and like, it's just whatever can be done to avoid that process of staying in the same place, basically. So it would be a question once it was set. Yeah. Okay. Do you do meditation or anything like that? Right. I've been meaning to. I've really, really been meaning to. You know what I used to do? Um, I still do it now. If I'm feeling a bit like wild stress and I couldn't always meditate, I'd set my alarm on my little Apple Watch for five minutes to start, actually three minutes between them, uh, and just do nothing. And I wasn't allowed to go on my phone. I wasn't allowed to jump off and make a cup of tea. I wasn't allowed to do, meaning I couldn't clean or do. I just have to sit and chill. There's no reacting, no social media, nothing. The TV's on fine, let it roll. But I think and that was my form of meditation just to slow down my thoughts. Um, like you saying earlier, I just help you then react to what you're doing. I'm only saying this to you because I just feel that, yeah, you're fast. I like it this way at this point. I know it's not somewhere to live. Like, I don't think that this um, mind or mindset or like this frame of mind is somewhere. Yeah. That's to be for for me to be living in for the rest of my life. I just definitely do see it as seasons 